Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Sullivan, and this is a special edition with a very good friend, Mr. Eric Paulson, Topside Real Estate here in Newport Beach, California. Eric and I go back a number of years. We both worked for the same mothership at one point in time and went in different directions. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, Craig. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. It is a pleasure, my friend. And would you do me a favor? This isn't really going to be hospitality focused. We're going to look at the rest of the commercial real estate world. And Eric, would you tell everybody about yourself and your company, please? Sure. So I've been in business since 1988. Uh, not that that will date both of us, Craig. I'll try to avoid <laughs> when we hooked up. <laughs> uh, everybody knows I'm older than dirt. So yeah, well, yeah, but you've aged better than me. So. Uh, but I've been a, uh, a broker, I've been a manager, I've been an acquisition officer, I've been a CEO. Uh, my 30-second pitch on myself is I've bought, sold, brokered, auctioned, asset managed over $10 billion of commercial real estate assets nationwide in every property type. Uh, I have formed my own company with uh, a longtime family friend, Rob Rader, called Topside Real Estate. And our company is, uh, I, I liken it to a stool uh, with three legs. One is we are here to help our clients maximize the value and efficiency of their real estate holdings through brokerage and asset management. The second leg of the stool is, is I've been involved in companies where you're, you're just a line item. Uh, and I don't mean that negatively, but that's just how companies work. So right. um, I think for employees to be able to create a company where the employee has the opportunity to maximize one, their revenue and two, their growth, both Rob and I are big believers in mentorship and helping others uh, achieve wealth and achieve happiness. So really we're trying to create a company where uh, the bottom line isn't as important as our employees' uh, growth and happiness and revenue production. And then the third leg of the stool is we all know there's no pension fund in real estate. So uh, <laughs> we are going to go out and acquire some real estate on behalf of our clients, with our clients, and for ourselves. So uh, we are uh, going, to be, going to be acquiring and buying. So that's the, unfortunately, more than 30 seconds, but that's what we've got going on over here. Not a problem. That's great. Well, let's talk about the first leg of that stool. Uh, you opened this firm up earlier this year. Then the planet caught on fire mid-March. <laughs> what do you see going on with commercial real estate? And let's start off with Class A offices. What's happening there? Sure. First off, I need to go get a watch just to work on my timing, right? So hopefully I have to get all of this. Uh, Class A office is going to be interesting because and, it, and it's pretty funny because right now I'm meeting with others about what is the benefit of working from home versus going into the office right now. And right. I think eventually we will get back to the offices. I think we'll yeah. get back and, and uh, we will use the same, if not potentially a little bit more office space. But Class A office in CBDs, I'm a little bit nervous right now because you're seeing a lot of um, of your employees moving out of the, the downtown area. I, I heard a stat the other day where home sales in San Francisco, houses for sale at this time of year have gone up by 21%. Sad. Oh. So I just see people in, in certain areas, at certain CBDs. But when you talk about COVID and you talk about being able to go back to work, 
most of our class A office buildings are a little bit better prepared for that uh, touchless experience. So there's usually a door that opens automatically. There's a card key that you keep and carry around with you that you tap into the turnstile, which then tells you what elevator to go to, which you then ride up the elevator, usually by yourself or one or two more. That's possibly their benefit, but you know, I've heard JP Morgan is, is making their folks go back to work at not well, making such a harsh word, but um, having folks go back to work in New York. And there was a study that said if everybody came in at the same time and we were only allowed four people per elevator, it would take us 13 hours to get our entire staff up to our oh space. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's that for efficiency, right? Yeah. So, so I think CBD office, uh, usually that's the trophy. That's usually where institutional money will play. Um, institutional money, I don't think, will go away from it. Uh, but I do see that there's going to be some impact to can employees, you know, who pay the rent, you know, can the folks paying the rent actually utilize the space? Um, and I think you might see a little bit more of a uh, a movement away from the high rise into the more suburban two story building because you can access right. it via stairs. Uh, you have your own doorways, if you will. So I think I think this could be the, the rise of the suburban office versus the, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it the fall or the decline of class A office. No, but I, I think it is going to change, you know, how everybody looks at that. I mean, I've got no desire in, you know, going to one of these towers and, and riding up the elevator to the 20th floor where you and I both have friends, clients, you know, that are in these low-rise campuses that you've got at-grade parking. It's a single or two-story building, and you can either walk right in or, you know, jump up the stairs, and, and you're there and yep. in. Um, yep. And I think those rents are going to go up dramatically if there's any any opening in, in space right now. Um, so I think, you know, there, there's an upside with that. Now, you know, we've also had, you know, a horrific time with retail uh, prior to COVID-19. What are you seeing out in the in the, in the the retail world? Sure. And, and let me f- finish the thought on office, and I, and I definitely will do that. I, I There's a lot of sublease space in the market right now, so I don't see rents spiking or doing anything huge okay. because there's okay. so much space available um, via sublease because people have been shrinking back and making more economic and efficient use of it. But on the retail, okay. on the retail front, uh, it's retail is always evolving and everybody loves yeah. a good headline. So you hear about the retail Armageddon and you hear about uh, all kinds of retailers going out of business. I think the easiest way to explain it is a retailer that was going on a downward trajectory. Uh, yep. The COVID virus hastened that and sped it up. Yeah. Uh, you're seeing uh, increases in other stores. Some other stores are crushing it uh, and doing really well in this. The dollar stores, the grocery stores, places where you can actually go in and uh, have be able to have a service. That's that's been the fun part about this COVID virus. Is it's uh, it's extremely uh, uh, exceptional in that it doesn't go into WalMarts and Costco's and Targets, but it goes into some of these other stores that they're not letting open up. So. I, right. I, I think retail is going to be an opportunistic play. Uh, I think you still will have, uh, you know, the internet proof centers, if you will. Um, 
I think the campaigns out there to shop local are going to have some impact. Uh, it's the service industry that I worry about. Uh, they're the ones that are getting hit especially hard. Uh, the nail salons, the gyms, the places, the other, the spas, the things of that nature. So those those are the, the ones I worry about. And again, back to the selected virus. So uh, I think on the restaurant side, there's been some restaurants that have done well and, and succeeded. Those with drive-throughs, I believe I heard the other day that In-N-Out not only did very well, but did not fire or uh, close a single location. So yeah. So they were able to, to effectively manage their way through this. But the other kind of alarming statistic I heard was that 90% of all the restaurants that have closed through this may not reopen. Uh, yeah. And that's obviously concerns. And then of course, uh, on the retail side of things, a lot of those people are uh, minimum wage, they're hourly, uh, and with what's going on with all of the benefit packages that are coming out from the government, they've been dis- disincentivized to go back to work. So they're, they're making more money not working than they were working. So I just think you'll see uh, when that goes away, there'll be more of a push to get these uh, service locations back open. Uh, you know, as an example, I thought I, I, I go to a dry cleaner and I thought they'd been closed because every time I went by there was, you know, the open light was off. But they've been open. Right. They've been open this whole time, just different hours. Um, gotcha. Okay. So, so some people have adapted well. Uh, the fact that they're letting city, the cities are letting restaurants uh, overflow into the streets, the parking lots. I hope that sticks around. Uh, I know in Laguna yeah, Beach they've, they've closed Forest Avenue, Laguna Beach. I think that'd be great if it stayed closed. Create some right. walking. Create some outdoor dining. Uh, let's take advantage of of our. Uh, environment and our weather out here I, I think it's great and it's working yeah i think you're right on target with that and it's you know and it's, it, and it's really awful that it took a pandemic to get people to realize that you know we should be celebrating our weather here and taking advantage of that whether it's design plans closing streets any number of things yeah and i couldn't agree more with you it's uh i think that's where i you know, I mean, do you really go to South Coast Plaza or do you go to Fashion Island? I'm going to Fashion Island because I'm outside. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that was prior to the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I enjoy walking around there. You and I have had numerous meals. We've met for adult beverages later at night. You know, over there, it's, it's, it's a <laughs> nice place. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the funny part about retail, too, is because we were all heading towards experiential group events uh you went right. to, you, you got your food and then you went out to the the quad if you will like school and all sat together and enjoyed uh being in groups and now where does that go if we're staying six feet apart and have to wear masks as we walk around so i think there's just i i think you know and i hate to get political but i think the the covid is going to be one that it has a shorter term impact than longer. I think we'll eventually get our immunity to it. I think we'll eventually have our vaccines, et cetera, and we'll go back to it. So what does retail look like over the next two or three years um, as people get over their fear as the, or the headline risk over the liability of, of, you know, the, the place where you're going gave you the COVID. So let's go sue them kind of concept goes away. And I think we'll go back to a more of a, 
this was just a dark spot in our history and let's move on, you know, with yeah. retail being more resilient and creative than most other product types. Types, yeah. No, I agree with you on all that. And I think, you know, you know, right now, you know, four out of 10 hotel employees nationally is still out of work. Yeah. Um, you know, the hotel sector's been, you know, hit hard with this. And, um, you know, it, it, you know, we used to do all the cleaning of the lobby and everything else off hours, so nobody saw it. So now we're out there cleaning everything and directing traffic and oh, yeah. you know, floor markers and sanitation stations and, and everything else. So yeah. Um, well, I, let, let me do this too, Craig. As a, as let's call me an outsider to the hotel industry. I know when my wife went to Lululemon to go shopping, she commented on the fact that you sit in, you stand in line outside. You go in. They only have so many people that can shop. She took her purchase, she waited six feet behind the next one. When it was her turn at the cash register, they said, hold on a sec. They wiped down everything, they sprayed this, they sprayed that, and they said, okay, thank you, ma'am, come on up, let's do your purchases. And as she left, they cleaned it all down, and she walked away saying, wow, they're really on it. This is great, they're cleaning things. So you're correct on the hotel side. If If I'm seeing somebody walking around with a spray bottle of bleach and doing this and that, I'm going to feel that much better about it versus the off hours. Absolutely. And, you know, I, if you look at, let, let's take Kaiser Permanente, okay, and the newer centers that they've opened up over the past five, seven years, maybe a little bit longer than that. They're not cold and austere when you walk in. They're warm, welcoming, mm-hmm. vibrant colors, nice textures. They took a page from the hospitality sector when they were doing that using antimicrobial you know, finishes and, and, and cloths on the furniture and everything uh, long before this. So now the hotel side's borrowing from that, especially in the lobby and, you know, all the, the newer things that are coming in. But, you know, we've had both uh, AHOA and HLA lead the charge with safe practices and the brands have gotten involved with it. And it is about making sure not only the guests feel safe and secure, but that they know that the associates on site are also safe and you know i mean our experience at the hotel level is definitely different if you walked into a full service i'm not going to pick on a particular brand but you walk into a big box full service urban hotel okay you're gonna think you are at a select service hotel the lobby bar is not open um you know, the food is now more of a grab and go like you'd see at the select service side. Yep. Um, it's going to be things like that for, for, for a while. And I, and I agree with you. I think a treatment and, you know, various other things you know, that are, you know, in the works now. And then we, we get this behind us. Yeah. So but I think people, how- I think people are value conscious. Sorry, Craig, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. But I no, think no, people no, are va- va- either, you're either value conscious or you're not. And I know that sounds yeah. silly, but. Uh, if you're going for the experience, you're willing to pay 500 bucks a night for the experience. And that's going to be, you know, here in Newport, like a Pelican Hill or down in Laguna, Surf and Sand, where you are paying for something other than just the bed and a little bit of that. And you don't care because you're doing it to be able to tell someone you've stayed at this hotel. Um, and let's throw the montage into that. that yep, that absolutely. Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Oh, I, we can name a whole bunch, right? So, and then there's the ones where, like, my wife and daughter are heading off to Utah this weekend, so my daughter can take the ACT test, and they're looking for the cheapest room they can find. And yeah. you know, we found one at ninety bucks a night, and 
uh, if that's if that's what it takes to to get somebody to stay at your hotel, you, you're you're chasing price, which is really a horrible way to run a business, right? Yeah, yeah. And luckily, you know, unlike the financial meltdown, you know, everybody was cutting off their nose in spite of their face and, and cutting rate. That's the first thing they did. Um, yeah, this time it's it's really not about cutting rate just for the sake of cutting rate. I mean, it's you know. The, Look at how many hotels we get. Nearly seven thousand hotels just in the state of California. You know, vast majority of them were closed. Now they're sure. all working to reopen and and bring back staff. And you know, they're limited numbers and they're cross training. And you know, person that may have been you know at the front desk checking you in is now doing two or three other things as well. Sure. So well, know, that's, that's, that's back to the salary thing again. They're getting paid not to show up to work, so you're going to have to make it happen. So. Let me yeah. ask you this question. Sorry to turn the tables on you and interview you here, but out of those <laughs> 7,000 hotels, how many of them are relying on or a big chunk of their revenue comes from advanced bookings with conventions and weddings and business meetings that are not there right now? Uh, you know, that that's that's a huge part of it. Uh, you know, the convention business has, has definitely evaporated. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you look at, okay, uh, my conference was on March 5th of this year, mm-hmm. a week later, and I would have canceled it. And I almost canceled it this year. Yeah. Um, you know, I was checking out, luckily it was one of our great hotels here in Orange County that I was calling them five, six times every day for a week beforehand and changed the menu up on, on them all the way up to 24 hours before, had more servers, sanitation stations, you saw things being cleaned. Um, it, it was different and, mm-hmm. you know, luckily nobody got sick. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of that's gone away. Business travel's gone away. One of the largest insurance carriers for hospitality both for the property casualty and employee benefits uh gallagher's got thirty-five thousand associates around the world mm-hmm. okay march 13th they all stopped traveling they all yep. got ready to start working out of their homes now yep. they have gone back they've gotten the approval if they are okay to travel please go so i know a bunch of them have been driving to markets Oh, wow. And yeah. they're, they're working back into flying and, and getting that done. Uh, personally, I haven't been on a plane since probably February. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, so, where so I'd be going so up it's replacing that, and all that. So it's replacing that revenue. And so that's yeah. where they're going to have to be creative and or yep. find different ways to do that. And that's where we all are right now is looking for yeah. alternative avenues. Exactly. I mean, um, Prosperia Hotels uh, here in Orange County. They've got a portfolio of 15 to 20 hotels, and I think all but three are in the Anaheim Resort area, including the new crown jewel of the Anaheim Resort area, the JW Marriott. Mm-hmm. That was initially supposed to open uh, a few days after Click 4 in March. Um, their Hyatt House over there, the day of my event, had 15% occupancy. Yeah, yeah. Uh. And then the JW just opened up last month. So, um, yeah, I mean, everything's, you know, it, it, it's, it's been horrific all, all the way around. But I think, again, there's a lot of pinned up demand. If you look at yep. Central Coast, a lot of those hotels are <clears throat> running about 90% occupancy. Now, is that going to 
fall off a cliff now that we're trying to get schools open or are, say, you and your wife are empty nesters at this point, do you guys do a road trip and go up to the Central Coast for three or four days? You could be a digital nomad. You have been for years. So, um, you know, I think it's, you know, where where are you? I think, you know, urban centers are definitely going to be the last ones to come back. It's going to be the convention business and the business travelers that have got to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a boatload of full service hotels, including a W hotel in Manhattan that are closed permanently. They will be yep. adaptive reuse of, into something else. So, yep. yep. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. So how are you handling your asset management and getting a listing right now? I, you know, you've got to make an appointment to go into yep. the office. Are you in a hazmat suit or what's going on? <laughs> Actually, with my bald head, I look like Mr. Clean already. So I just show up in a t-shirt and feel really good about themselves. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> couldn't help myself. Sorry. So the, uh, it is difficult. We have a listing uh, over on Mitchell North that's about 10,000 square feet and you know, your, your typical traditional brokerage is you went to all the neighbors and said, hey, here's an opportunity to either expand or shrink into, and you don't have right. to leave the neighborhood. But as we walk the streets, the doors are closed, that's locked, the, the boss isn't there anymore, he's hanging out and uh, on his boat somewhere quarantining. And so it's tough to, to do the traditional business. There is activity going on for, for the brokerage business. As long as the market's going up or down, we can make yeah. money and, and have a, make a living. Uh, it's when the market freezes, which we've kind of gotten ourselves into right now as everybody's waiting, is there a vaccine? Is there uh, right. lack of liability where we can go back without getting sued? They're waiting on that. Uh, in the interim, let's work from home. We don't want to necessarily give up the office space because we may come back to it. So for, for the, the transaction side of things, there are some transactions taking place. I've heard volume has picked up since July. Uh, most banks right now do not want to foreclose. They got slammed through the last round foreclosing on homes and businesses and got called before right. Congress and got new laws passed. So they are all either rewriting or extending or making things happen so that they don't have to take it through the foreclosure process. CMBS is a different story. These are banks, insurance companies. Um, So you're seeing a little bit of a stall there uh, in taking things back. Uh, We just saw apartment rents, the the benefits that were given out to folks to help pay their rents, the foreclosure um, and the uh, evictions all kind of expiring. September was our first month. And we saw a slight increase in lack of rental payments on the apartment side. Nothing scary or too dramatic and it will depend upon obviously market and product so for us um doing the transaction business, yes clients are open discussions uh, my partner is actually going down to uh, a, a san diego based city to help a client buy a an office building down there that's on the market um, we've got an office building that's going to close escrow here knock on wood in about eight days uh, so nice. you are seeing some volume. You are seeing things happening. Um, the the money. There's so much money out there right now to invest in real estate. I've got a a client that is buying an apartment complex and needed to raise 15 million bucks, and the they did it overnight. They did it in 24 hours. And the folks that normally would give them 250 thousand had a million. The ones who normally had a million had five million. 
So Great. there's a lot, a lot of money. So I don't see a significant drop in value unless there's major distress because hopefully supply demand, the supply of available for sale is definitely not going to satisfy all of the money that's sitting out there, which we'll call the demand. So uh, right. it will, it will favor keeping prices a little bit up. On the asset management side, that's really where, and property management, I'll throw property management, this is where property managers earn their weight in gold, uh, keeping clients happy, keeping the buildings functional. I'm in a, an Irvine company building right now, and there's a lady that is responsible for the, the janitorial and maintenance around this. And I see her, she is hustling, she's making sure this place is spotless. Uh, she yeah. is all over the, the service. So uh, this is again, where the property managers uh, really earn their money, keeping tenants happy, making sure they're paying their rents, making sure that everything's good with the building. And then on the asset management side, I, I, there's a couple of things that I'm hanging my hat on. And one is real estate owners, real estate property owners these days are advancing in age. That's being polite. Yeah. They're, they're old. They've, uh, yeah. you know, people who bought real estate usually are, are in an older generation and they don't necessarily want to, to deal with all of the drama that's going on in this market or, you know what, I've, I've earned my right to go hang out at the beach and go play with the grandkids. So we are positioning ourselves to help them turn that over to us to help them make the good decisions, help take the workload off of them so they can go enjoy their life. Uh, they don't necessarily want to sell the real estate because they've got a great basis in it. Uh, or they don't necessarily want to hand a chunk of change to their kids because they know they'll go blow it on stupid things and, <laughs> let's go buy a ferrari yeah, yeah i was gonna say i've always i've had my eye on that fire cherry red one there uh, Bob, yeah. thanks for the thanks for the down payment so so uh, so being available for that and then the other group is the ones that have bought real estate in the last 10 years and didn't realize that real estate is a contact sport you are gonna yeah. have to go in there and and roll up your sleeves and be creative and aggressive and um you know knowing that both tenant and landlord know the legal system well, uh, try and make sure that you are keeping your income in place. So, uh, you know what, we've got over a hundred years of doing this between uh, the three of us here. So we believe we can uh, add value to that uh, and help people get through this. And then again, as they wanna uh, slow down in, in their day-to-day -day involvement, be able to help them out. So we think it's a great time for that. We're here for that. Um, that's my commercial, sorry to, uh, hey, no, it's a great way to end the show. I think what's we going are, on. Yeah, no, it's a great way to end the show. And let's tag on to that, Eric. How can everybody get a hold of you? Sure. We're very easy to reach. Uh, we have a website, www.topsidere.com. Uh, my email is eric.paulsen, E-R-I-C dot P-A-U-L-S-E-N at topsidere.com. And I will typically pick up the phone at 949 285-5505. So feel free to reach out. We are uh, we're a group of individuals that like to use our knowledge to help others. So if it's something as simple as you want, you have a question about your asset, I'm more than happy to, to give you some advice. And if you want to hire us to execute, we're here for that. Perfect. My friend, it has been a privilege to have you join the conversation on the Click Podcast. No, and it's my pleasure. Welcome back anytime so um, big announcement this week we will be having the fifth annual california lodging investment conference at the jw marriott in anaheim on march 4th 2021 
We are prepared to pivot if we cannot do a live person event, and I will be broadcasting from there, and various other panelists and sponsors will be remotely uh, participating as well. So stay tuned for information on that. Give Eric a call. He can help you out with your real estate needs. Eric, take care of yourself and your family, and welcome to the conversation. I can't wait to have you back again. Thank you, Craig. Absolutely my pleasure. Stay safe, and we will uh, hopefully be able to go catch up with another adult beverage sometime soon here. Absolutely, my friend. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.